Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. Happy 50th episode, everyone. This is number 50. Optimistically Depressed has 50 episodes. And here to celebrate that with me is one of my previous guests and good friend, Raina. I'm very excited. <laughs> I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) The British excitement is really bursting at the seams. Yeah, it's, uh, she has barely a smile on her face. That was a big smile. I know, I was just (laughs) instantly offended. (laughs) That's a big smile. Yeah, it's a big smile for her. 50, 50 is actually a lot. Like, I was still in my head that you were like around 25 or something. I was too. And then Sean was like, (laughs) Sean was like, hey, it's your 50th. You should do something for that. And I was just like, oh, it's my 50th. Halfway to 100 and almost to 10,000 listens. Yeah, that's pretty good, eh? You're killing the game. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So 10,000 listens to 50, 50, 50 podcasts. This is the 50th one. So 10,000 to 49. So what's that? That's like 20. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I was going to do math here, but this is not. No, come on. This is a simple mental math. It is is simple mental math. This is like being in school when they're like, Tom has 10 apples and takes away five. Then he has five. (laughs) And gives two away. Okay, Okay, so so 10,000 listens for 50 podcasts. I don't know. Right now, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) You're putting me on the spot with math. 2,000. No. 2,000? No. Times 50. 2,000 times 50 is is like... Oh, yeah, 20, 200. 200 listens per podcast. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Right? Oh, God. I hate that this is recorded. <laughs> I know. This is like, <laughs> I know. I'm like, please, if anyone knows the actual answer, comment it. I'm going to have to edit this out. <laughs> it's 200 listens for every podcast. That, that would make sense. That that's sounds sick. about right. Yeah, okay. But if you put it that way, that's incredible. That's a lot of people. Is it? Yeah, there's a lot of people. I don't know. I see. This is the thing. And I was talking to this, you about this last night. I don't under, or maybe I was talking about it this morning. I can't remember. But last night and this morning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're really stuck on it. Okay, cool. I am stuck on it because I don't know if that's good or not. Like, I don't know what is good for a podcast. So like, I mean, I feel like if anything got listened to 200 times, that's pretty sick. Cause there's like, it's like an hour time each at least. It's true. So, so 200 hours. Okay. Have been listened to each podcast. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. If you put it that way, that sounds really awesome. That, that does. It sounds like 200 an investment. hours worth of time has been given to each podcast. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. That makes it sound a lot more impressive. Right. Let's stick with that. Yeah. Cool. Especially because that's just like, that's just a, what do you call it? Like an average because most of the podcasts are over an hour. That's true. Yeah. So no, I would, I'd be patting yourself on the back majorly. Oh, thanks. Yeah, let me pat. Flexibility. Can, can all of you hear that? Oh, yeah, definitely. It hurt, <laughs> it hurt me a little. <laughs> but I'd pat myself on the back. And all of you out there, you should pat yourselves on the back. Probably not as hard as I pat <laughs> myself on the back. Ow. It still hurts a little, actually. Well, it was a solid smack. <laughs> well, it's pretty good, eh? Yeah. I feel a little dizzy from that. <laughs> Don't do that. Anyway. No, basically what I'm trying to actually say here... <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've got like the giggles. I've got the the 50th podcast giggles or something. Um, all of the other, I, you actually make this like 
possible. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just talking to myself, mm-hmm. which is fun. But I know it just doesn't feel as important. <laughs> That's fantastic. That better not get edited out. <laughs> this is all going in. It's all going in. I like that one. <laughs> so, um, and what's been going on with us this last week? I haven't seen Raina in um, forever. She had surgery and then almost died. So Yeah, I had a pretty traumatic month. <laughs> yeah, probably like a really traumatic month. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I feel like we could actually, we should just do another podcast on your past month. On my, (laughs) the, the pros and cons of Nova Scotia healthcare. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. Uh, yeah, no, probably it was, it's a good month though. I mean, came out at the end of it with a good hip and a good hip and a good hip, a good hip and not dead. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I'm so no far, longer bruised. So. No longer <laughs> bruised and like, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and the last month for me, oh, no, last week for me, because I keep this updated weekly. I don't know. This past week, I feel like it was a really good one. I honestly am trying to remember everything that I did, but I feel like I had some inspirational experiences kind of helped motivate me to keep going. Got a couple more plans going, so feeling good about that mm-hmm. uh yeah and that's i i feel like i should be able to go more in depth but i don't feel like a lot has really changed in the last week for me aside from just feeling more motivated i was pretty depressed last week but i'm not feeling really depressed anymore that's, that's good. good you're getting used to the new normal getting used to the new normal yeah, yeah that's what it is yeah <laughs> your empty home my empty home during the day which is very very weird very quiet very quiet. Even I've noticed. I was like sitting there today and I was like, oh. It's just quiet. Yeah, I was like, hmm, slightly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little unnerving. <laughs> it is though. It's really complete opposite. Do yeah, I, usually there's like just so much happening. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's most likely one of the factors at least. Yeah. Still still distracted. Mm-hmm. Working. I'm working on making it so I can focus more on one thing and not be distracted by a bunch because you know, when you're distracted, you don't get really anything done. Yeah. If you wake up, what, what was it? Um, if you wake up in a day with a whole bunch of things that on your mind that you want to do, you're not going to get any of them done. You have to have like a coherent checklist. Yeah. Like, and really just focus on one item. Yeah. That's difficult. Like, I want to do that. Well, yeah. How possible is that really? Really slim. I get really excited. <laughs> like if it's like a good day, <laughs> like if it's, if it's like a really good day and you wake up feeling all motivated and positive and you're like oh today's a day i make a pie go for a run go to the gym take my dog for a walk wash the car clean my house because you're like actually motivated to achieve something right it's like not another day when you wake up and you're like uh yeah what a great thursday what a great yeah i should probably go do my job yeah (laughs) it's true though you know what i mean so yeah Yeah. like having just that consistency well that's like what it comes down to right it's like having consistency instead of having one day a month that you're really overwhelmed because you're really excited yeah (laughs) it's true though so yeah i think that with that yeah i don't even i've never tried to be consistent (laughs) (laughs) like i'm actually like to like genuinely think about it i'm like oh consistency that would be hard to just do one thing really well every day then I also feel like I would just get nothing done. Like I'm just doing that one thing. Like All day. Job. Yeah. I'd hate that. Yeah. But I mean, like I actually like that's an interesting one because I feel like that's actually like probably a lot of our problems is we should just do one thing really well. Yeah. <laughs> Instead actually. of like five things. Meh. 
<laughs> we did them okay, but we got them all done. We so, got them all finished. Yeah, because yeah. if you do one thing really well, you don't celebrate it as hard as getting five small things done sort of well. Because <laughs> you're like, I did all of this today. Yeah, right. Which, yeah, because if you asked me, what did you do yesterday? And I banged out a list of like 10 things. You're not going to sit there and be like, well, can I see how well you did them? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be like, well, oh, probably not, no. <laughs> Whereas if I'm like... I did one thing, but I did it really well. I'm probably going to tell you, like, look how great of a job I did on this one thing. On this one thing. Because you need to validate why you only did one thing. That's Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so you really need to tell everybody about yeah. it. Because you're like, but look, it's the thing I did. So, yeah, like, yeah. it's like, especially, especially if your friend messages you and tells you about this, like, fantastically long day they've had. And you're like, I just, uh, I just worked on my website. <laughs> and you're like I actually spent six hours on it but like that sounds really stupid compared to how you spent six of your hours so yeah. I'm Doing embarrassed yeah 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 oh my life's a zero Great. <laughs> yeah. yeah it just like takes any validation about your like really successful six hour day yeah just away because <laughs> someone else did like 10 things at a time it took you to just I'm actually talking about what my day was yesterday by the way I did one thing that's like I, beautiful I, I just worked I on a schedule <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of the day, I was like talking to other people. They were telling me about their day. And I was like, <laughs> well, I put my schedule in the system. So beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though, because you do. You're like, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's actually something I should probably work on. That's sick. You've given me inspiration in our tiny chat to like try to be consistent and just do one thing a day. I you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to like make a daily one thing a day. Yeah. Let's do one thing a day. Yeah. So, Raina. Yeah. Who did I interview? Michaela. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. And here's the thing about Michaela. We had... So, okay, yeah, I, this, this episode is for Michaela. Michaela, you are the 50th episode. Congratulations. Right. It seems like she should win some sort of prize. It does feel like maybe I should make up a t-shirt for her or something. Yeah, I am number 50. I am number 50, which actually doesn't sound great. No. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it that way, I'm like, mm. yeah. Yeah. like I'm number 50. Woo. <laughs> yeah, but uh, for us, it's exciting. But it is actually very exciting, and it's something that, Michaela, you should be excited about. Also... All of you listening should be excited about listening to Michaela's podcast because she's actually so kind. not only is she the fiftieth podcast, Most kind. But she's very very kind, very inspiring. She's a very like wholehearted. I would I would I would describe her as a wholehearted kind of person yeah. because she's realistic and she has but she has very uh, constructive views. So it's like it's like. I'm going to look at the world. I'm going to see the way that this is the way it goes. And that's okay because not everything's going to go great all the time. But we could actually take that and make something really beautiful out of it. Yeah. So it was really nice having this <clears throat> conversation with her. <laughs> and I, uh, it's in, I like it when you have a conversation with a person and you walk away and you're kind of like, oh, there's, like, there's some ideas of how I actually want to improve as a human being. <laughs> so that's fair. Yeah, so that 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 happened. So yeah, people should be excited about listening to Michaela. Michaela, you should be proud. Solid fifty. Yeah, solid fifty. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan and I are going to be having another episode together. I feel like this is just going to have to happen now. Yeah, I feel like I'll be like a. What do you call this? No, oh my God, Ryan. Recurring. Yeah, reoccurring blessing. 
<laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely, definitely, definitely have a lot of tales. Told tales of time. Okay. See, that makes a lot more sense than where I went when I heard tales. I was kind of like, uh, I don't really know where you're going with this, but I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I definitely don't have one of those protuberant tailbones. Perfect. I okay. can wiggle around. Like I mean, like, I guess that people can't really help it when they do, but I'm, you know, I feel a little relieved that you don't have one. <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry for any listener that might have a protuberant <laughs> tailbone. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. Message me. I can apologize to you personally. <laughs> I'm sure there's many good uses for one. <laughs> I'm sure there are. Okay. Uh, so that's that. I think we're pretty much wrapped up on what's kind of going on here. Yes. And Michaela, listen up because you are the star. And everybody else, listen up because Michaela has some good things to say. Thanks. So, Michaela. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Good. I'm good. good. I was saying to you before, I'm in a little bit of a mood. Yeah. I'm in a mood today. I get that. Yeah. It's just one of those days. I don't know. We it's all a, get them every now and then. It's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. It's a mood day. Yeah. Your kids had no school for two days. <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to be back to school. I was looking forward to these two days off. <laughs> that didn't happen. That didn't happen. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. And it's just like... I like and you know how like you have like these plans like I had plans that I kind of set up like meetings and things that you know I had to cancel whatever yeah. which is not like which isn't a huge deal it was just like I was like finally I actually get to have like time where I know I'm gonna be alone and I can actually like meet with other adults or do like have these appointments yeah and then it's like oh wait never mind it's like we're back on summer holidays yeah whereas for me I enjoyed those days off because yes. I didn't have to work yeah I got those days off and kids. I got to hang out all by myself <laughs> what grade do you teach I don't teach I work oh, for no it's okay I work for um the Excel program so I do after school, and then I'm uh, starting an EPA program. So I'll be doing um, EPA work as well. EPA. Can you it's please? almost like a teacher's aide for kids with um, special needs, I should say. Okay. Um, either that be like behavioral needs or um, mental disabilities or anything like that. That's really cool. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Have you done one like that before, or is this your first go at it? This would be my first go at the EPA program, mm-hmm. um, but I have worked with a lot of kids that have, um, you know, behavioral issues or disabilities and things like that before, so that wouldn't be my first rodeo, but yeah. um, definitely within the school board, that would be my first time working with them. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. It is fun. And what made you decide that you wanted to work with kids? Um, I've been doing it for years, so yeah. I worked with the Boys and Girls Club for almost six years, um, just like fresh out of high school. Uh, That was essentially my goal in university. So I started a degree in child and youth studies. um, But I found out very quickly that that degree, really, I could get my full-time job without it. Oh, wow. So I kind of put a hold on the degree for a bit. um, But I have a huge heart for kids, and I love seeing – you know, how I can help impact their lives, whether that be in, you know, the small amount of time I'm with them after school or during their school day at lunchtime or, um, you know, I try to be a positive role model 
I try to be someone that's supportive in all seasons of life. And I find that kids are the ones that are most susceptible to, you know, the negativity and stuff like that. So um, if I'm a positive person, why not shed a little positivity in their lives if I can? That's amazing. Yeah. That's so necessary. And you said before, um, you were talking about impact, which is which is interesting because I've actually just recently been thinking back again on different people that have had certain impacts on my life. Yeah. And so it's making me now want to know we're sitting down, we're talking about this and how you want to be a positive impact on these children's lives. When you think back on your life, what kinds of people have impacted your life? Definitely would be, you know, the teachers that I've had or, um, you know, young adults that I've looked up to when I was, you know, younger teenager or um, my parents are definitely big people. I was homeschooled uh, for most of my educational years. Yeah. I spent a lot of time with my mom and uh, a lot of time with my dad and um, a lot of time, you know, with the community in the church that I attended growing up as well. And I found that I got a lot of my support and a lot of people um, teaching me through, you know, being homeschooled. Um, having a lot of adults around. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it taught me a lot of life lessons earlier than most. Um, that I found had a huge impact on how I am today and how I choose to uh, live my life today, really. So life lessons, what kinds of life lessons do you recall learning at a young age? Um, rolling with the punches, Mm. I would like to say. Um, Life isn't always cookie cutter. Life isn't always the way that you want it to be. And um, being home a lot, you learn a lot of life skills that a lot of kids nowadays don't learn. Mm. I was opened up to, you know, the ideas of travel. I was opened up to learning how to cook, you know, financial things and uh, music lessons and all these things that a lot of kids don't have a lot of time to do while attending school. Mm. Um, and that came from, you know, not just lessons, but from, you know, sitting around tables at dinner with my parents or uh, going out to, you know, family, friends' houses and spending time with people and allowing them to, you know, have a positive impact on my life, giving them the opportunity to teach me things and um, teach me to be a teachable person. Oh, teach you to be a teachable person. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It uh, it took me a while to learn how to be a teachable person. That doesn't mean I'm not stubborn now, though. I, uh, <laughs> I sometimes don't like to admit when I'm wrong. And, I mean, you could ask my husband. I'm sure he'd agree with that. <laughs> but I am very quick to correct myself or very quick to be like, oh, crap yeah, you're right, or be open to letting other people have an opinion. And I may not like that opinion, but I'll still respect it. Um, And I found that, you know, talking to a lot of millennials or a lot of people my age nowadays, it's not a common thing. Mm -hmm. Agreed. It's such a strange balance to try to find when you're, like, you want to be Mm open-minded, but then you also need to have your convictions. Yeah. And now it, and it seems like, I kind of wonder like what I've said before, I really am into the idea of the pendulum Mm -hmm. 
And it's so it's kind of like on one end, on one side, it's having your convictions. And on the other side, it's being open minded. And you have to find a way to be in the middle. So where do the pendulum start on what side? Because I think that like were people always just like really strongly convicted like right now I kind of feel like we're coming out of a generation where people really had strong convictions which I think is beautiful Mm -hmm. but it could impede on their ability to be more open-minded to other points of view yeah and now we're kind of coming into a place where people are really open to other people's points of view which is really beautiful but then all of a sudden it restricts their ability to know where they actually stand. Yeah. I find that um, boundaries, as well as having an understanding of values and beliefs and morals and where you stand and what you what you generally want or what you generally are open to believing in, I find that that plays a huge part now, you know, being my age and seeing, you know, I went to high school with some kids that, you know, had the same morals and values, but then again, I went to high school with some kids that didn't. And just seeing the difference in how I was raised in comparison to how others were raised, I, not to say that I'm any better than anybody else in any way, I was open up to, you know, a lot more than most was because, again, I had the opportunity to learn different things. So a lot of kids just, you know, went to school, went home, had dinner, went to soccer practice, went to bed, mm-hmm. woke up, went to school, went home, had dinner. I, you know, woke up and, oh, let's go swimming today. Or, oh, you know, we're going to go over to so-and-so's house and we're going to have a lesson on this. And, you know, I found that having the opportunity to do that really taught me to be open-minded, but as well as know what I need and what I want and have a balance in the middle of both, being able to be like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, or it's a good idea, but here's my own swing on it. Um, Ooh, I like that. Which I found more helpful for me personally. Now, again, that's not helpful for everybody. Um, the way that I choose to deal with things obviously is not the same for everybody and I'm you know, my own person, but I found that having those opportunities and being taught it's okay to have your opinion or it's okay to not agree, it's okay to say no, all of those things that a lot of people now my age don't want to say no. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be like, oh, no, I don't want to do that or, oh, no, I'm not into that because, you know, the generation that we're in now, they always just want to do things. They want to do things for others, which I think is a beautiful thing. I love helping others and I love doing things for others. But there comes a time when you have to be like, yeah, I can help you with that, but not in this season or not right now because, you know, A, B, and C, and D. So I find that having a healthy balance and knowing what it is that you need and what it is that you want to get out of a specific situation, um, thinking intentionally about how you want to proceed really helps. Oh, oh, I love that. I love that so much because it's like speaking exactly to my soul. <laughs> like, um, because this is something that's just really been on my mind lately. Like how you, like, because what you said, we, we, 
tend to live up to the expectations of other people. Yeah. And then, but it's the thing that we really need to be looking at doing is understanding how we ourselves function. Yeah. Oh, keep going. Yeah, I've been learning a lot about that, just like about myself, just being more, you know, I uh, recently took the Enneagram test. Love that. I know, I'm a number two and I kind of don't like it, but kind of love it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm a people, I love to just help. I love to do things for people and there just comes a time when you just can't mm-hmm. and you just need to be okay with it. And mm. I feel like, you know, being that personality type, being, you know, that way, you feel like a failure when you don't do what you feel like you're called to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, if I can't do something for someone, it literally tears me apart to the part where I'm like, I'll put myself out for it. And that's not healthy mm-hmm. and it's not okay. Mm-hmm. And I find where the gap in our generation and the people that are a little bit older than us is, is that they're like, I'm not doing that because I know that I can't mentally, physically, or emotionally handle it. And I'm not going to put myself up for it, but we would. Yeah. Right? Like, I I would do that Mm -hmm. or have done that. Mm -hmm. At this point, I'm not so keen on doing that anymore because I know that it's not healthy for me and I know that it doesn't work for me. And I know that it very rarely has any sort of positive fruition from it. If I'm doing something to help someone without a, you know, a grateful heart towards it, it's not really a grateful situation, really. That's, yeah. It's like looking at the whole healthy perspective, like um, being helpful, helpful in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. I try. I love that. I've been learning a lot from my sister about um, what it looks like to be a person that gives back to the community without taking away from themselves. Yeah. Because it's like, because I really was raised to believe that in order to properly give, you have to take from yourself. But now I'm starting to realize that's actually not how it's supposed to be. No. It's not supposed to be horribly painful to give yeah like I mean certainly there's some there can be some discomfort in it Mm -hmm. that's fine but to give it to the point where you're harming yourself which is kind of like something that I really believed was the right thing to do um I'm now beginning to realize it's just not okay. Yeah, like you're for not, sure. You're not doing yourself a favor. You're not doing anyone else a favor. And you're only going to be creating a certain bitterness in yourself. Exactly. And again, there's no positive fruition coming from that. Like what good is that doing for yourself if you don't feel good about helping someone or feel good about doing something for someone else? It's, it's a good thing. It's something that should bring you joy. It's something that should bring you positive feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, what What good is doing something out of bitterness just because you're like, oh, well, I guess I have to do it because that's just who I am and I'm just, you know, that's just what I have to do. Right. Well, no, it's if you can't do it, then just don't do it. Just say, you know, no. Right now is not a good time can I do it another time? Or is there something else I can help you with right now that would take a little bit of that off of your shoulders? 
can't do all of it, but I can help you with some of it. Mm. And being okay with the no, I, I think, has helped me most. It's just being okay with being like, mm, not today. I or, you know, yeah, I can help you. It's just it'll be another time. Mm. It'll be a time where I feel like I'm in my best frame of mind to help. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And I think that's so much that has so much to do with just taking care of your mental health. Yeah. And showing your showing up as your best self. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then tell me, um, where'd you grow up? Did you grow up in Sackville? I grew up in mostly in Sackville. Yeah. 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 I lived in Halifax for a bit and then uh, I lived in Lunenburg for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, and nice. um, I'm originally from Cape Breton, so I was born in Cape Breton. I was born in Sydney. Um, nice. Moved here when I was very young, uh-huh. so uh, I've lived here in, you know, HRM area yeah. for pretty much all of my life. That's so cool. Yeah. So you were like a homegrown Nova Scotian. Pretty much, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it out here. I do too. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I'm not from here. Okay. But I've been here for 11 years. And where are you from? I'm from a small town in Ontario. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's kind of funny because it's uh, one common misconception is that people from Ontario are from Toronto and are like the stereo people, stereotypical people that are from Toronto, yeah. <laughs> which can be a lot to fight against. Yeah. Because you're like, no, no, I promise. I'm not like them. I'm not like one of them. But um, sorry to anybody who's actually from Toronto. I don't actually, I just mean each city has their stereotypes and Toronto has a, can have a certain stereotype. That's just not a very friendly stereotype. <laughs> it's a big city. And it's a big city. It's a big city with and a lot of people and a lot, lot of places of people, to be. Right? Got some honking and a couple fingers being thrown. Exactly. And, and you just yep. don't really encounter that so much in Halifax. No, you don't. And... So then when people learn from me that I'm from Ontario, a lot of the times I get the, uh, oh, and then they step back. Or like, oh, how far were you from Toronto? Yeah. Because there's still, you know, a border outside of Toronto where you're still actually from Toronto. Toronto. <laughs> yeah, the greater yeah. Toronto area. Yep. Yeah. I was three hours north of Toronto. Okay. And the place that I was from is called Magneto One. And I, it's a population of 300 people. And I actually grew up 20 minutes outside of it. <laughs> so like population of five. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> like they're pretty much all my relatives. <laughs> it's just, I yeah. can't imagine. Yeah. I literally could fall asleep to sirens and horns honking in my back door because that's just, you know, where I grew up. I, I know, like I, no traffic. Yeah. When I first moved to the city, I had so much trouble sleeping because I, because like I could just hear people outside and I really hated looking out my window and seeing another house or seeing a person. Like it was just like, it took me a long time to adjust to city life. And now that, and now I've adjusted Mm -hmm. and I, and I love it. It's great. I can't imagine living anywhere else. That's so funny. Yeah, so I can appreciate both now. Like, I'm yeah. at a point where I'm kind of like, I go into the country, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is so great. Like, it's quiet and it's beautiful. And then I go into the city, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really great. Like, it feels like I'm not as isolated. Yeah. I like feeling connected. And then you just kind of walk down to the corner store, and that's great. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's there's obviously pluses to both and negatives to both. But I kind of went on a tangent there. 
actually, but this actually does take me to another point that I want to make. Yeah, for sure. I've been thinking a lot lately about how where we <coughs> grow up also affects our our mental health or our outlook on mm-hmm. how the world is. Because when I was, um, like I, so I lived in Magnetowan. I, it, I was old enough to remember the first time I went to Toronto and it was a little shocking mm-hmm. because it was just like, there were just so many cars and like tall buildings Yeah, and I'd never seen anything like that before. Um, and it kind of can create this, a bit of an us versus them yep. thing. And, yeah. it, you know, and it can take away from the community. If everyone's hearing some scratching going on, that's Picard. <laughs> He's decided that he needs to get one of his toys and show it something or two. But anyway, um, but yeah, it's interesting how the community, like the way that a community works can be quite different depending on whether you grew up in the city or in the country. Mm-hmm. You've had a little bit of taste of a taste of being in Sackville and being in Halifax. Mm-hmm. So, and both of those would definitely have different mentalities. Yeah. What has been your experience with um, that kind of community? How did it affect the way that you felt about yourself, the way that you felt about the world? Mm-hmm. I don't really remember living in Halifax as much as I do living in Sackville, but um, I've worked in you know Halifax Dartmouth area Mm. um so being a little bit older it's definitely you know being in the working field and opening myself up to different communities has definitely shone some light on how naive you can be if Mm. you come from a smaller town yeah naive is the right word too because you don't really realize what goes on you don't really, you hear about it on the news and you watch, you know, CTV and you see what's going on down the street from you and you're like, oh, I had no idea. Mm. I was in my house, you know, my nice cushy little home watching Netflix. But mm-hmm. going, you know, working in those areas, um, it's definitely taught me a lot about a lot of things that go on. A lot of scary things that go on that you don't really realize happen. You mm. just think it's just a movie. Like, you know, some things that I've heard of that goes on in some of the communities, I'm like, that happens in movies. Mm. That's not real life. And, <laughs> I, and and here I am, little, little naive me, and I'm like, oh, this is real life. This is happening all around me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So I worked in in um, Dartmouth. I worked on Farrell Street for a little while and um, there's a lot of stigma around that street, around Highfield, around, you know, in between the bridges. There's a lot of crime over there. Um, And I worked there for about a year and I learned a lot about how just being open to the community can definitely change your perspective on how you treat people that mm-hmm. live in those communities. Um, Interesting, yeah. It's it's one of those topics that's really touchy. You know, a lot, a lot of people like to talk about what goes on, you know, in Dartmouth. The dark side is what they call it. It's, <laughs> it, it is because it's one of those places where I for a long time was kind of scared to be over there. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad you know, to say out loud because it's 
coming from Sackville, you know, I live in a really nice community. Um, you know, I wave at my neighbors who are walking their dogs every day. Same people do the same routes and everyone checks their mail and you go 10 minutes up the magazine and it's a whole other community, completely different. And it's taught me a lot about myself in this sense where I need to be more aware of what's going on around me because I find that if I don't know, that's when the anxiety kind of kicks in. If I don't know what's going on around me and if I don't, you know, if I don't teach myself, if I'm not opening myself up to it, that's when I'm like, oh gosh, now I feel scared of what's out there because, you know, there's nothing really to be scared of, right? Like for me, where I live, I have nothing to be afraid of. I'm not, you know, scared of anything. Um, but again, going over to Dartmouth or some places in Halifax, I'm like, now that I know what goes on, I'm confident in myself to know that, oh yeah, I can tackle this. Or like, you know, getting to know some of the people that live there and, you know, where I worked with kids, I got to know a lot of people. Hmm. You almost have to become a part of the community in order to actually truly find yourself in the community. You have to get to know everybody, find your own spot, and then work out all the details after that. So getting to know everyone, you know, oh, yeah, that guy's a scary dude, but he's pretty cool. And let's, you know, let's have a conversation. Let, let's get to know one another so that, you know, you know that I can be trusted and I can trust you. So awesome for me. That is a goal of mine, just to be an approachable person. Um, and it's taught me to definitely be more open-minded, to accept others, to be more gracious and patient. Um, all things that if I, you know, don't go over there, you know, if there's someone on, along the side of the street that's asking for change, honestly and truthfully, a lot of people just need change to buy food. I'm probably not going to give them money because I don't carry change, but if I got food in my car, I'll give it to you. Mm. And it's one of those things where that's when the grace comes in. You're like, yeah, that guy's struggling. That girl's struggling. I get that. I struggle in different areas of my life. Mm -hmm. I don't struggle with the finances that you struggle with or the housing, but... I have my own struggles that not a lot of people know about. You're just, you know, making it known that you have a struggle and you need help. So it's definitely taught me a lot about myself in a sense where I've definitely changed how I think about different communities, how I think about what I say first. I'm definitely more intentional when I go to other communities in a sense where I'm like, this is not where I'm from. So, you know, things happen differently everywhere you go. And there's mm. differences, you know, between, you know, and like we were chatting about earlier, Bedford and Sackville. Mm. Each community is different. And mm -hmm. you just need to roll with the punches on it all. You need to learn from it. And you need to be willing to adapt, be teachable. Being able to learn about them, different places, different communities, you know, being willing to open yourself up to it, it teaches you a lot. And I'm very passionate about all those people now. 
you know, I don't work over in Dartmouth anymore. I work back in Sackville, but I still love them. And I still drive by and I'm like, oh, yeah, I had some good memories there. Although going into it, I had anxiety about it. And I was like, I don't know anybody here and I don't know what's going on here. And I hear stories and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy who lives in that house, you know, I've heard some stories about him, but he's actually like a really good guy. And he's a lot of fun to be around. Or, you know, that kid that you see walking down the street, you know, his mom is, you know, into some really not so good things. But, man, that kid's fun. And it's and it's like, you know, it develops a different place in your heart to appreciate just everybody. You just learn to appreciate, you know, the little things in life. You learn to appreciate all that you have um, and definitely be more open to giving instead of receiving from them as well. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm processing, and I'm thinking, um, actually, when you were talking about, um, one one of the things that you said made me think about something that I read recently, and I'm trying to think about what specifically it was. It will come back to me. That's okay. Um... But you were talking about how you have, I like how you talked about how you like develop a a place, a new place in your heart for Mm -hmm. these people and understanding exactly where they're coming from. Yeah. And I I think that that is something that's so overlooked because, you know, part of our defense mechanisms is to be able to quickly label people in order to protect ourselves. Almost like a stereotype. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like what I just did with Torontonians. <laughs> and um, I think that that probably has its place, but it is overused. Totally. And like, I, I'm, how frustrating is it to feel like you're being misunderstood? People are just like looking at you and thinking about you only on the terms that they see fit and not actually getting to know who you are. I think that it's, I try to give everybody a chance so that that I can get to know them. Um, I grew up being inclusive. I grew up, you know, you include people, whether it's, you know, people that you want to include or not, because there's always relationship to build with anybody that you come in contact with. And I'm not as quick to label anymore because I've had the opportunity to be a part of that community. I never lived there. I parked my car there. I went into the building that I worked in and I left. But I still got to know the people there. I got to know their struggles. I got to know what they were doing, you know, when they weren't in my presence. And that's something that people can be very blind to and something that people can be very quick to kind of shove away from them. Mm -hmm. I find that, you know, it's easier to just leave it, to not involve yourself. It's easier just to drive past and leave it. It's easier to, you know, the guy that's walking down, oh, he's coming close to my window, better make sure I'm looking busy, grab my cell phone, quickly send a text. It's easier, you know, if there's someone that's sitting on the side of the road asking for money, oh, Whoops, have no change, but you have a $5 bill in your pocket. It's much easier to say no in some senses than it is to say yes. So it's taught me that 
you know, going back to being okay to say no, yeah, it's totally okay to say no. But if I have the ability to say yes in that situation, then I will. So, you know, going back to what I said earlier too, giving more Mm -hmm. than what I have to give, that season taught me that you don't have to have to give. You know, you, you just have to be open to trying. Um, and again, don't exhaust yourself in trying that. Um, before, I would just give without having, whether that's my time, whether that's, you know, finances, whether that's, you know, my emotions or anything like that. It's, I would just give and give and give and give, and I wouldn't have anything left for myself. Mm-hmm. So now being there has taught me, you know, cool, I actually can totally give in doses or give what I have without dipping into what I need for myself. And that's what I noticed where there's, you know, a gap in community and each town has their own stereotype and each town has their own type of people. And I don't want to be the type of person from Sackville that, you know, has a big house and nice car and, you know, husband and kids and a dog. And I want to be a person that's able to love everybody, Mm. um, be a part of everybody's life and give what I can in relationship with those people. Um, and also ensure that my relationship with them, you know, there's, it's two sided. It's not just me constantly giving, not Mm. getting anything in return. Um, I don't necessarily give money and expect money or give time and expect time. You don't give a gift to expect a gift. But a relationship is definitely a two-way street where, you know, you and I are sitting down to have a conversation. This is a relationship between you and I. I'm not sitting here talking to you and you're just not responding. (laughs) It's it's a two-way street. And that, I find, does good for the heart, too. It's just being able to sit down with anybody and have a conversation with anyone, being open to... Um, being vulnerable with people, being open to sharing with people. Um, and yeah, it's just taught me to be, I wouldn't say a better person, just a different person. I mean, okay. I like that you defined a difference between a better person and a different person because that also goes back on something that I've been thinking about. It's funny how when you're like sitting down and talking with someone, you're like, oh, that actually, yeah, I was thinking about something to do with that the other day. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about something to do with that. I was having a conversation with um, a friend and I was talking about how I have had relationships with people where um, I feel like they're being the bad guy and then there are times when I'm the bad guy. And my friend was like, well, why did... Like, why do either of you have to be the bad guy? Yeah. It's like you were just, you were doing what you felt was best for you in that moment. You were doing the best that you could do in that moment. And they were doing the best that they could do in that moment. And sometimes that doesn't line up with what the other person needs. Or perhaps it doesn't line up with what you should have done for the other person. It doesn't make you the bad guy. Like, I found that kind of mind-bending. Because part of it is you know, I, at least for me, and I think that this is true for a lot of people, we're raised to really believe in, like, in good and bad. Yeah. And 
and that's I think that's a good basic rule to kind of start off at. Yeah. But I think that there's you know, a lot of people don't see good in the bad as well, you know. They stereotype the bad people and they're all bad and everything about them is bad, but just because you did one bad thing doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. Just because you don't agree with someone's opinion or what they did doesn't make you the bad guy or make you the bad friend. It just makes you a friend that's able to have an opinion mm. and it makes you a friend that's able to, you know, have a yes be yes and a no be no. And in my relationships, I try and develop that as okay. You know, I've had friends for 20 years. I've had friends for 15 years. I've had friends for one year. And each relationship has its own boundaries. Each relationship has its own, you know, ways of clicking. Mm. And I'm not going to go and say that I haven't offended any of my friends before or I haven't not been there for my friends before, you know. Each season that everyone's going through, is going to have a strain on every relationship that you're in. Whether that's, you know, a good friend has, you know, a tough situation and I have my own tough situation and I'm not there to support them. It doesn't make me a bad friend. It doesn't make me the bad guy. It just makes me someone that is a real person that has real feelings and has struggles too, just as much as you do. And that's where you kind of have to feed off of each other and be like, okay, well, this crappy thing happened. Well, this crappy thing happened to me. So like, oh, yeah, we're in crappy situations together. Mm-hmm. Let's try and build each other out of it as best we can. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it doesn't go as well as you'd like or sometimes it goes better than you'd like. And that's the pros and cons of building a relationship, mm. I find anyways. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I've been thinking a lot about how Like, I think that I'm kind of the type of person that gives people the benefit of the doubt a lot, and it's paid off in astounding ways in many situations, in most situations. However, I've definitely had situations where it backfired, and I ended up being hurt pretty bad. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you're kind of like in this mess, and you're trying to kind of deal with it, and then it makes you reassess the way that you look at the world and how you look at people and you're kind of like, do I continue to give people the benefit of the doubt? Yeah. And you know, it's a, it's a genuine struggle. And I, I think a good question to be asking every now and then. I don't think that you're alone in that. I think everybody feels that way too. I definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it makes me also like you were talking about having different seasons in your life. So then it makes me think, okay, well then perhaps there are just seasons in your life where you can afford to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. And then there are other seasons where you kind of need to take care of yourself and protect yourself a little bit more because you understand that you're just a little fragile right now. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that um, not everybody has it all together all the time. Mm. Although people like to say that they have everything together, I promise you I'm not one of those people. So if I don't have it all together all the time, (laughs) and I know that my friends don't and some of my family doesn't, I guarantee you there's other people in the world that don't. (laughs) So, like, I sometimes can't afford to give some people the benefit of the doubt because I can't afford to have my emotions toyed with 
or my physical health toyed with, my mental space, my heart space. I can't afford to lose that. Um, you know, being a millennial, a lot of those things are already toyed with. Mm-hmm. A lot of the way that the world is now toys with how you feel. And I wouldn't say I struggle with giving people the benefit of the doubt. I do find myself second guessing sometimes. I'm like, oh, should I have done that? Should I have said that? Should I have allowed that to happen without being firm with whether or not I supported that? And I can't say that things have actually backfired to a point where I'm like, awesome. Like, this is great. This totally changes everything I feel about this person or everything I feel about this situation. But I have witnessed that happen. And I have seen how people can definitely spiral into a very negative headspace Mm. after situations like that can happen. So I agree with you when you say that at times you just, can you afford it? I would say no. At all times, I really can't just keep giving and giving and giving and hoping that people respect that because Mm. not everybody has the same understanding of respect as I do. Um, And respect is earned. Respect is something that needs to be earned and trust is earned. And, you know, if that did backfire on me, then the respect and the trust would need to be rebuilt and the relationship would be in a, a situation where I really wouldn't want it to be. So if I ever question that, I'm pretty clear to just be like, hey, yo, I got, I have a few questions that I need to have cleared before moving forward. Or can we have coffee and just chat about where we're both at so that we can both come to a a place where we understand each other? Or, you know, being open to hearing, not so much blab in my mouth and talking about everything all the time just listening sometimes I find if I just listen I don't really take on their stuff I'm just listening Mm. I'm sitting I'm just listening I do the occasional head nod Mm. can I give you my opinion I share my opinion and if they don't respect that then that's fine if they don't like it that's fine I still love you I still support you and move forward Mm. because I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel negatively. I don't want to feel like a bad person. I don't want to, you know, all those feelings, they weigh on you after a while. And you, I personally just don't want to feel it. I don't enjoy it. And, you know, I've gone through seasons where it's been heavier than other seasons. And I'm like, I need to get rid of this because I, you know, this is not who I am. How can I move forward instead of just wallowing in this, right? So I think it just depends on where you're at and how you choose to deal with your stuff. Ooh, I like that because it's like it's like knowing who you are and deciding who you are. Yep. Yeah. You have a choice. Mm. I have a choice. Yeah. I get to decide whether or not I want to be a negative person or if I want to be a positive person. And some days I choose to be a negative person. But I guarantee you everybody else does it at times too. 
I did that today. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you got some of the spillover when you walked in the door. I'm like, so nice to meet you. I'm in a mood today. <laughs> I think everybody has moods. Everybody feels that way, and it's okay. Mm. And I choose to be negative sometimes. And do I think everybody needs to do that? I don't know. I'm not a professional. I can't tell you whether or not you can or can't do that. But I do it. Mm. And sometimes... You need to just go through the crappy stuff and work through the crappy stuff to feel not crappy anymore. Mm. And, you know, talking it out, you know, just like earlier, I walk in the door and you're like, I'm in a mood. I'm like, yes, I get it. I get you. (laughs) Cool. And then here we are having a conversation where neither one of us is talking about a crappy mood or enjoying a conversation or giggling a little bit. And that's, to me a healthier relationship between you and I. We're just sitting here having a little chat. You got your tea. I got my water. Mm. You had a crappy day, give or take. I did not have the best day, but that's okay. I chose to feel that way, but I'm mm. not going to carry that around with me and, you know, all my shoulders are going to hang low and I got a frown on my face. No, it's a choice and I'm going to choose to feel that if I want to, but I'm not going to be stuck in it. I'm going to let myself, you know, oh, I feel like really crappy right now. That's okay. Got 20 minutes to feel this way and then no more. Mm. I try. It doesn't always work. (laughs) I really try. (laughs) Usually it doesn't work, but, you know, I think it just depends on where that person is at and how how they choose to deal with where they're at. And, again, each person deals with it differently, you know. You deal with it differently than I do, and mm-hmm. it's no different than how my friends who choose to deal with things, and my husband and my family. It's everyone has their own approach, mm. and that's okay. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love the beauty and freedom, and just like everyone has the way that, like, the tools that they've been given, and how mm. they sort through things and work through things, and that's okay. Just, you know, just be, just be, just live your life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, <laughs> so when I think, when I have these thoughts and I'm thinking about like, yeah, like you need to just understand yourself and, and be good with who you are, then of course I'm always going to take it to the extremes because then it's like, well, what if like who you are involves you hurting people? You know, it's just like, how do you find the line between what the like what's okay to be you and then what's not okay but then all of a sudden I'm like well it kind of actually seems pretty obvious like if you're hurting yourself and other people it's probably not something you should be doing but yeah you know I've never thought of it that way before I like I can find that I go on these um I basically spiral down into the eternal abyss of (laughs) there's so many (laughs) different thoughts and options and pull myself out of it every now and then see it's choice you get to choose whether or not you want to be in the abyss or not and ooh, oh you just pulled it right back yeah, yeah keep going no Sorry. it's true you get to choose like choose it you know sometimes i like being down there it's dark and it's calm you know i find that i don't get angry negative feelings i get calm negative i'm like i'm mopey that's a good way of putting it. I'm just like mm. Eeyore. That's mm. how I, I feel. Uh, ask my husband. He may say different because I may not be the happiest person. But, like, mm. that's a choice. And, like, I keep saying it's okay. And I don't judge you for that. I don't judge anybody for that. 
because everybody has their own way of thinking. I've never thought of it being hurtful before. Mm. That's got me thinking. Now mm. I'm going to end up in the abyss thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. It's what? a scary thought. It's a bit of a scary thought, hey? Yeah. Why do you say that you're not necessarily a happy person? I... I would say I classify myself as a happy person. Mm-hmm. But, again, life throws things at you that really just don't make you happy. Mm-hmm. And it's a struggle to learn how to be happy again, if that makes sense. It's, yeah. it's, it's going through life without having struggles and being a really happy person, like... I was never an angry or a sad person. And and even sometimes I'm like, I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. But then, you know, recently I find myself feeling this different feeling. I'm like, I don't even know what this is because I don't understand it because I've never felt this way before because I don't typically allow myself to feel this way. And that's where I get the it's okay to feel this way mindset because it's being teachable. It's allowing yourself to learn from your feelings. And a lot of people don't like to do that. Mm. A lot of people don't like to admit that they have feelings. And I have feelings. And I have a lot of them. And I've learned from them. I've learned that, okay, this is okay to feel. But it's also okay for me to reach out to someone and say, this is how I'm feeling right now. Give me some tools to add to my toolbox so I can figure out how to get through it. Because it's... You know, a lot of people turn to just hating themselves and, um, you know, bashing on their self-confidence. And I'm like, I don't have time for that because I, you know, I know I was made for good things. I know that I have, you know, a destiny. I have a story and I have a reason to be here. That doesn't mean that I won't come up to moments or seasons or hours or days where I question that. And that doesn't make me an overly happy person sometimes. And I think it's okay. Hmm. And I've, you know, all of my friends are like, man, you're not yourself. I'm like, yeah, I know. Hmm. I don't really know who that is anymore to an extent. And I'm trying to figure that out. I'm trying to rebuild that. And it may look different. It may be a different version of me because... You know, when when situations come up, it changes a person. Yeah. It changes your outlook on things. It changes your opinions. It changes your views. It changes your morals, your values. It changes a lot of things for you. And a lot of people don't realize until it happens that it's a real thing. And to be that same person all the time, even when you're not feeling like that person, is more harmful than not. I find. I agree. So just to pretend to be happy all the time. Yeah, I'm happy. I have a great life. I enjoy my life. But that doesn't mean I don't have days or weeks or hours or seasons where I'm not feeling myself. And that's, you know, I wouldn't classify myself as depressed or riddled with anxiety, but I have had those feelings. Mm. And everybody has those feelings Mm. at some point or another. Mm -hmm. 
but you know in seasons it's harder than other times to kind of pull yourself out of it Mm -hmm. that's where you have to you know going back to the beginning again be teachable you have to allow people to people you trust people that you respect and people that trust and respect you just you know you let them speak into your life in a sense where you're like I don't know what to do anymore I don't feel negative but I just don't feel like myself what do I do how do I get out of this and finding community finding good wholesome friends not just you know the friend that you see every now and then or the friend that you just met a couple weeks ago and you share all your feelings it's that you know that friend that just truly wants the best for you truly wants to see you succeed but also understands that you need to ride out whatever you're feeling that kind of friend to help you through your stuff and you know I asked one of my friends the other day would you say I'm a happy person I like 100% was like because I don't think I am she's like oh yeah you're a happy person you just have pockets of moments where you're just like you're not as happy as you could be but that doesn't mean that you allow yourself to just stop your life you continue on but you're open about your feelings and that's something that's hard to do for some people too is just to be vulnerable and just be like oh yeah this is how I'm feeling today you know some people just don't like reaching out Mm. that's one of those things I don't like to do either I don't like just reaching out to people and being like hey this is where my head's at today. Can you hang out with me? Or can we have a quick, you know, coffee date? Can we chat? And that's something I had to learn to do because I can't help myself all the time. And I don't have all the answers to all the questions. And I don't know what's best for me all the time. And I find just having good people. Um, growing up in the church, I've learned that prayer, <laughs> it works. And prayer really helps. And having people around you that like to support you in that, having people that are, you know, they may not be with you, but they're standing in your corner, that helps make me a happy person. That's beautiful. I think so. It's very well put. You're a very well-spoken person. Thank you. You're welcome. I try to be intentional with Mm. what I say. You can tell. You know, if you're not intentional, then words can hurt. Oh, ooh, that's good. Yeah, I'm going to be thinking about that one. Yeah, that's good. So then here's a question I like to ask everybody because <clears throat> we're nearing the end of, the, of our episode. Yeah. But I like to ask everybody, what does it look to you to be mentally healthy? I have struggled with that question since you sent it to me because everyone's idea of mentally healthy is different Mm. and I googled it and google sometimes isn't my friend but at this time it definitely I'm going to read it to you actually so that you and I can get an understanding of where I'm coming from oh okay but as I bring it up I've been asking I'm like oh my gosh what does it mean like I don't understand I wish I knew more and what it means to be an unhealthy, like mentally unhealthy or, you know, feeling sad or down, Mm -hmm. uh, confused thinking or reduced ability to concentrate, excessive fears or worries, withdrawn from friends and activities, um, detachment from reality. All those kinds of things are things that 
make you an unhealthy, you know, mentally unhealthy person. And I read those and I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) And I like, I had this moment where I was like, I looked at my, I looked at my husband, Jonathan, I'm like, babe, what is, what is wrong with me? He's just like, okay. Oh, okay. And I'm like, no, serious. Like, is this like, am I not, am I not like healthy? Am I not a healthy person? And I had to like, he was like, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. And he just didn't really know what to say in that moment. Cause he's like, this is not you. And I was like, okay, let me think about it. So for the past week, I've been like, okay, being mentally healthy means to me being okay with being mentally unhealthy. Ooh. Um, and working it out, um, in whatever way works best for me. So I have just become okay with it. I'm just like, all right, I do have days where, you know, I call in sick and I'm not actually sick mm-hmm. or, you know, my laundry piles up or I really just don't want to do anything but eat chips. Like I have those days mm-hmm. and according to Google, that's not healthy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm okay with that because if I'm going to become mentally healthy, I need to be okay in you know, the areas of my life where I'm at Mm. and press forward in those to become a better me. And that's something that I've had to learn, not, you know, at 10 or at 12 or 17. That's something I had to learn at 23. And Mm. it's something that I've had to learn. And I'm sure that I'll have to keep learning it for the rest of my life because, again, seasons come up and they change you. And... Mm. I would love to meet someone that is mentally healthy all the time because I think that's a unicorn. I'm pretty sure. And that's <laughs> not real. <laughs> so, exist. you know, being mentally healthy is just to me, just being okay in not being okay. You just turn that on its head. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, it's okay to be, to question things. It's okay to just be like, yeah, I'm not okay today. It's okay to take a mental health day. It's okay if you don't wash your laundry for, you know, three or four days. It's okay to let it sit in the hamper and get wrinkly. I'll wear wrinkly clothes, but that's okay. I totally wear wrinkly clothes. It's okay to stay in bed. It's okay to cry over things, even though people question why you still feel that way. It's okay. And that, to some, is unhealthy, but to me is healthy progress, and it's moving forward. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. That was really well put. Thank you. You're welcome. I've spent lots of time thinking about it because I really just didn't know. But mm-hmm. it clued into me today that I'm like, you know, coming here, I was like, oh, what am I going to talk about? What are we going to say? And then you get those little anxieties, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm fine with that. It'll roll. It'll happen. And it, whatever happens, happens. And I am totally just okay with how it is and I don't like to be one of those jittery people that are like oh my gosh what's gonna happen next what's gonna happen now what are we gonna talk about Mm. who am I gonna meet I'm just like sweet let's just figure it out as we go because life is never just a simple here's your path and take it there's Mm. always little forks in the road and always little bumps and you know all these things that cut you off and each person has a different way or different tools to bring that can help make the path easier. 
So my way of getting through things and, you know, Bob next door's way of getting through things are different, yet that's an okay thing. That is so well put. Thanks. Thank you. Of course, anytime. Thanks for taking the time to come out here tonight. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah. This was, yeah, this is really great. Picard finally passed out right beside me, so he's not causing any trouble anymore. Oh, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, this is, uh, like, it, it is, like, it's a privilege to be able to sit down with you and be able to, like, talk with what your point of view is. Mm-hmm. And um, you brought up some, like, you brought up some really great points about what it is to be, I, I like how you, uh, what was it, when you were making progress, healthy progress, or, you know, if you're in an unhealthy place, but you're making progress. It's healthy progress. It's, it's healthy progress. It's not, it's, you may be in a mentally unhealthy position, but you're still making healthy progress. You're still making yeah. the right steps to better yourself. Whether that looks like the right steps to other people or not, it's still what's best for you. I love that. It's so encouraging. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. And everybody who's listening, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And uh, just know that wherever you are, we're just sitting here loving you. And we hope that you have a great night, morning, afternoon, evening, and I'll be talking to you again soon. Bye.